Well, I, I was looking forward to watching a double dose of Pac-12 football on Saturday, and that's not going to happen. Femi, how are you, man? We're going to do a podcast. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Indeed. Uh, Femi and Ferrari, another edition of this awesome podcast here. Mike and I are once again back at it. Uh, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Apple Podcasts, Google Cast, Spotify, wherever your heart desires. Mike, uh, I don't even know where to begin with this, uh, given that what week it is and what's been happening over the last... <laughs> 72 to 96 hours, and then we're getting crazy news in the sports world that you mentioned right off the top. Uh, right. I'll let you decide where we go with this, because like my head is just spinning, keeping up with everything that's been going on in the world over the last few days, and it's just, I, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I think, the state of things uh, for a lot of us, and I, I think heads are spinning because there's so much to consume, and I think if uh, if you're not giving yourself breaks from the television, from social media, from your phone, just to kind of be good to yourself, do that because, you know, it, it could weigh you down. And, and I, I think the, the politics stuff has definitely been c- consuming a lot of us because Femi really, I think if you're in Seattle, you really only had a Sounders game over the past, you know, 48, 72 hours to keep you focused. But now yeah. we transition into a period where, okay, Thursday night football. Wow. Those guys have some COVID issues. I mean, not that I really care about the 49ers as a team. I do hope those individuals are okay. And they, they have some, some guys who are going to be out for tonight's game though. I think it did look like a false positive, but then what I look forward to was Saturday night and seeing, you know, Jimmy Lake, who we both know is a good guy, finally make his debut almost a year since being named as UW head coach. But now because of what went on in Cal, they're not going to play. And yeah. so now, now we, we get to full-on watch the Cougs and their freshman quarterback, who I'm excited to see as well. But I, I think for, for me, my question to you is, as I saw this go down and knew we were going to be talking today, I mean, are you surprised? I mean, it's college, it's college sports. I mean, look at Wisconsin absolutely blew out Illinois. I mean, they look like a, a team that, you know, if you want to talk about that fourth team in a championship, maybe they could contend. Maybe they could deal with Ohio State. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they, they're they missing two games because of COVID in, in Wisconsin and the restrictions there. So they're, they're not in a bubble. We saw the success of the WNBA, the NHL, the NBA because they're in a bubble. They're not in a bubble. Therefore, we see Justin Turner have COVID the last night of the World Series because the semi <laughs> bubble didn't totally work. Then you have chronic COVID reports in the NFL week after week. And, and, and then, and then college, you're talking about a hundred kids. You think they're invincible anyways, doing maybe everything they can, but you know, one little lapse, they can get you. So that, that's kind of the, the scary reality we're dealing with. Yeah. It's, and it's just, to me, I just keep thinking back to this summer and late July when we really didn't know. And, we were trending toward not playing college football, at least in the Pac-12 and Big Ten, until right. the year 2021. And I think this is one of the reasons as to why. You know, yeah. like the protocols are very strict, whether it be conference or locally in these footprints. You mentioned Wisconsin. I mean, yeah, like their first night. I mean, I watched uh, about a half of that game, and their quarterback was awesome. And I was like, yeah, oh, it was man. a Friday night game. I was yeah, like, wow, was Big Ten game. Like, Wisconsin looks like they might make a run at it, like you said. And then they get an outbreak where it's multiple players, coaches, et cetera. 
And they haven't played since. And what we're seeing now at Cal is just one player who is asymptomatic. I'm not sure how he's feeling. I mean, if he's asymptomatic, he's obviously not feeling any anything bad. You hope that he's right. able to recover from this uh, as quickly as possible. But because he's asymptomatic, it's like you have to go through the contact tracing and all of that stuff. And, I mean, he's on a college football team. He's going to be around his teammates. So right. through that, and the contact tracing, if they realize that you've been near this person, then you also have to be quarantined. They weren't going to have enough scholarship players to be on the field and play against the Huskies Saturday night. So that's yeah. why we are in the situation that we're in now where we have to call off the game. And because the Pac-12 and Big Ten, or specifically the Pac-12, came back just now this week, there's no room for error. There's no makeup date. There's no buffer week or anything like that. Once it's right. canceled, it is gone as if it was never scheduled, yeah. and and it's unfortunate. Um, but that's kind of the that's the risk they ran in terms of coming back. I mean, obviously you would would love to play college football this fall. It's the risk. That's what, yep. that's what we all wanted. But I mean, it's the risk you take. Is that hey, if we do rush it back and try to thread this needle, then we're also running the risk that if there are any complications, we're just going to be dropping games instead of being able to postpone or reshuffle. I mean. You're talking about all these Kobe cases in the NFL and college football. The biggest game of the week, Clemson and Notre Dame, is Trevor Lawrence, the prohibitive favorite to win the Heisman Trophy, is now going to miss his second straight game because he tested positive for COVID-19 a week ago today. Right. So it's like these are things that like we're all having to deal with. College football's dealing with it now, and it's it's unfortunate. And, you know, the Huskies from – what they've been doing, they seem to be in the clear. There's no positives with the Huskies. This is all one player on Cal. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's it's unfortunate that those guys aren't going to be able to make it up. But, I mean, that's just kind of like, – I don't know what else to say other than that it sucks, but this is kind of what has to happen. <laughs> yeah. And and with Cal, and we won't know it because of HIPAA rules and they can't say and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But f- from what – one, one report, I don't know if you've heard, is, I've heard it's the offensive line. And so you basically can't go without a whole position group. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Wilcox, Justin Wilcox was a great defensive coordinator for the Huskies. Yeah. Spent some, yeah, spent some um, time in Utah. Yeah. He could play the game numbers wise, but you would be taking maybe guys you wanted to redshirt and maybe guys from a different position. Maybe your tight end becomes your center, <laughs> you know, all sorts of things that he just doesn't want to do and can't do because you got to keep the, the safety of the kids in, in first and foremost, and that safety being them on the field playing a position they don't want to play just because they're there just to get a game in. So, you know, I, I, I think what, what you said, though, about them not really building in any room for error was a mistake. Like, why, why couldn't you do a half-and-half half schedule where you had a, a week in the middle? Knowing that someone would take it, I guess probably because of TV, right? It's, well, TV and then also the college football playoff is what they were really up against. Right. Because I you believe know. that the Pac-12 title game is the day before the college football playoff will be announced. So they wanted to get in at least six games before they got to that point, hoping that maybe one of their teams could get to the playoff. I mean, and there's a path that's very clear. The Big 12 is out of it. Like, they've, right. they've de- like the conference has cannibalized itself, so – I think that was the main reason as to why, like, November 7th or so was, like, the absolute latest 
that they could do a season to where they could yeah. maybe still get into the playoff and get some of that playoff money to hopefully kind of offset some of the losses over the last like eight months. Well, one possibility because Cal and UW, I mean, Cal is definitely one of the, you know, tougher schools on the small UW schedule, if you will. There, there is a chance they could use that crossover date to play that game if, if, if they want to, if that would have anything to do with the Pac-12 champion. Obviously, that's nothing official from the Pac-12, but that's what that, that week could end up being, um, which, which I would like to see those two schools play. But, I mean, maybe – and it has to be like, well, okay, well, Cal, you know, your 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 situation forced the game to be canceled. You you have to fly to Seattle. <laughs> Let's put yeah. it on you to you you to get there. But beyond that, could you think of a better time to expand the college football playoff where there are no crossover conference games? So if you have all these conferences kind of existing, not coexisting, existing in their own silos. Why wouldn't you invite more conferences into the, into the whole deal? Make some more money for these schools that are starving for cash. Well, that, that's the big thing. Like that, who, who missed that? Who missed that? You would make more money. <laughs> like, like if there was ever any, uh, if there was ever a year to expand the college football playoff, this, this is the year. What's, what are, nobody's doing it. Clearly everyone is hurting <laughs> for money and, who knows what the bowl game landscape is going to look like? Who knows what right. bowls will be actually played? I mean, pending geography, it's going to really factor in. I mean, like, how are we sure the Rose Bowl gets played this year? I'm not. It, it's I, like, I'm not that's the big mystery for me. Like, and, uh, it, I mean, you too. Yeah. It, it's all over the map. So, I mean, now would be a year to kind of experiment. I mean, we've seen other leagues, exper- the MLS experimented with the MLS's back tournament. Just right. kind of like a mid-season tournament. The NBA experimented with the, the play-in tournament thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's we've seen these leagues kind of exper- baseball experimented with expanding its playoffs. Right. So like, like, like now would be a year to where it's like, hey, it's almost like a freebie year to just let's just see something. Let's so see, let's see how it looks. Uh, who, I mean, who's it's, fault of it because they missed the train. Was it ESPN's fault? Rights holders? It's conference commissioners, I believe. Conference commissioners. The networks do, I think, factor in a little bit of it because uh, I I think that the money would have to go up definitely if they were to be providing more games. But I think it's conference commissioners doing it. Um, But it's, it's, I mean, in fairness to them, it would be pretty tough on, I mean, because they they were just trying to figure out how their conferences were going to play a season, let alone a playoff. So I'm sure that the playoff wasn't really on their minds. They were just like, all right, can we get eight to 10 games in and then figure something out after that? So, yeah, but it's, 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 you know, it, it's a missed opportunity, unfortunately, but it's, it's just really a bummer. Um, I mean, certain areas of the country, whether it be the big 12 SEC, ACC, clearly they've been going ahead full steam since they had like a two week delay to the start of their seasons. But, yeah. I don't think Iowa got the memo though. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I have yet to see their team show up in their own. <laughs> they're, 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 they're still working. Their they're way still practicing. I'm oh, getting me going. Yeah, they're, uh, they're still practicing a little bit. But uh, my goodness. But yeah, it's 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 a it's a real bummer that those kids aren't going to be able to play. Um, but I mean, safety first, you know. And I think right. I think a lot of the things that people really lose sight of the fact that these are student athletes, like. 
at the end of the day, like, yeah. these are, these are, they're not paid professionals. So I don't think you should be – you should always err on the side of caution regardless who it is, whether professional or not, but especially when the people on the field are not paid to be there. Right. And I know they want to be there. Of course they want to be there because they've been practicing. They've been wanting to play for some time. But it's almost a situation where you have to help protect them against themselves. You can't just say that, hey, they want to do this, so let them do it. You know, because, I mean, I'm sure they want to do a lot of things that they're not able to do. Right. You know, like, we, like all of us, right? Exactly. So it's like you got to kind of help people protect themselves against themselves, especially at that age that 18 to 22 range, they're going to mm-hmm. be, they're going to feel fine. They feel invincible. We've all been there and that at that age before. And you feel yep. like you're on top of the world and you're wearing a Superman cape and only kryptonite can stop you. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's just a situation where they're not paid professionals, just like air on the side of caution. It's a bummer. It's unfortunate, but it's just kind of the way it is. And if you, if you, cause what the worst case scenario of what happens is that, if you go on and play, who knows what happens? And if there's an outbreak on Cal, that just screws up the entire schedule, right? You know, for the Pac-12 North, and then every team, and eventually it gets to the point where Cal just plays one game and their season's over because all their games are canceled because they can't get a hold of an outbreak. I mean, we saw Florida take two or three weeks off after they had an outbreak on their team. So I think the Pac-12 is really trying to avoid that from happening. It was like, all right, yes, it's we kind of have to bite the bullet and cancel the game, but hopefully this helps us save the remaining five games. And then also it's kind of a, a, a statement to these other 11 teams or 10 teams since UW, they don't need the statement because they're a part of this game with Cal. But right. the other 10 teams of, hey, guys, like, it's got to be tight. And I don't want to blame the kid at Cal because he's on a college campus, you know. Right. Yeah. You don't know how he could have contracted the virus. It's going to be in a number of ways. But it is just to be extra vigilant and extra careful because all it takes is one person mm-hmm. to test positive and we're out of a game. Yeah. So ho- hopefully that the message is kind of being reiterated from the coaches, the training staff, the athletic departments of just like, all right, guys, like we got to be on top of it and we got to be looking out for each other and we have to try to stay as safe as possible if we want to pull this off and play a complete season. Well, there will be some Pac-12 football on Saturday. There will be. We got five uh, games. Yeah, and there's one I wanted to ask you about. Um, I I think it's awesome. I I I have always liked Herm Edwards. I mean, and it, it goes beyond my affiliation of him with the Jets. Uh, but that was probably the, a big reason why I used to love his post games. But what he's doing and has done at Arizona State is pretty impressive. And did I see this right? They're they're eleven point dogs against USC. Wow, and and they're loaded. Now is that right? Uh, you, you know, I know SC is pretty loaded. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of excitement about and, USC, but Arizona State is definitely a contender. I mean, eleven points in a weird year. I mean, I, I wouldn't be. That's uh, ten and a half now. Well, <laughs> there, there you go. It looks like yeah. it looks like the market's moving. <laughs> so, so, some, someone ran embedded after listening to us live somehow <laughs> seriously wow uh, but I, I i just i'm i'm looking forward i always like the earlier games i know iowa plays early on on uh saturday morning as well at nine o'clock so i'll be yes. going back and forth uh but they're, they're kind of that team in the south 
that I, I like seeing get better. I did not like their old – who was their old coach there? Todd, Todd Graham, I believe, was his name. Just not a fan. I yeah. heard some stories. Just he always looked like he was, you know, taking your order at Burger King with a headset on. Yeah, he's – Nothing against people, Burger King workers. But, I don't think yeah. too many people like him. He's actually at Hawaii – uh, yeah. replacement for Rolovich, who now is yeah. at WSU. I'm sure we can get to that here in a little bit. Maybe the islands will chill him out. Yeah, you'd, you'd hope so because he, he was wound pretty tight, uh, down there in Tempe during his tenure. Right? And, uh, I know him and Leach had some issues in the past, uh, mm-hmm. and so I think Leach was accusing him of stealing signs or something was going on. <laughs> like, like, is there was baseball, there, yeah. yeah, right? There was multiple teams, I believe, that were accusing Arizona State of some. Some some ch- chicanery going on on the side, right, right, and stuff. So you know, who knows how, what happened or how it happened? But yeah, I don't think he's uh too well received. Um, yeah, by his uh, by his peers there. But you mentioned it earlier, Washington State. We know who the quarterback is, Jaden Delora, a yes. true freshman, will be the starting quarterback for game one of the Nick Rolovich run-and-shoot era over there on the Palouse. First ever true freshman to start for the Cougs. That's incredible. At at, at quarterback. At quarterback. Um, One thing that's interesting, have you you gone, and this anybody can do this, have you gone to the WSU website and checked out the roster? I have not. Not recently. So, so, okay, let's do this together. Are you on your computer? I'm on my computer. Pulling it up right now. All right, let's go to Go Cougs. All right, is that where we're at? Okay. Bring us to WSUCougars.com. This is fun. It's like it's like we're on the same computer. It's like we're on a Zoom call together. It's, 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 it's like when those tech guys take over your computer when you yeah. have a glitch issue. Go to your <laughs> roster. I'm looking at the roster right now. And where did he go? Oh, you know what happened? They changed it. So they used to have a picture of Jaden Delora. Oh wait! Now click click on his profile. Let me Are see. you there? I am. And, here. Uh, then click on it, and you're going to see a different picture of him than the one that is on the roster. Very much so. Yes. Who does that look like? Is that almost like a recruiting photo? <laughs> I guess I guess so, but it does say WSU in the middle between his hands. But who who does yeah. that look like when you initially look at it right away? Gosh, I'm not even sure who it. Look, he looks exactly like <laughs> Russell Wilson. That, that is actually true. <laughs> when I when I clicked, I, that, I, was like, I was like, "What is wrong with my computer?" So, now, now, does, that you, now that you bring it up, that is actually uh, I, I can now see that. Right, he doesn't in the other. So if you go back to the main roster where they have it, he, I don't think he looks like Russell there. But no, because because you, you see his hair. And all yeah, that stuff. and he's also like blonde now, if I'm not mistaken, from what I've seen video wise. But if you go into his page, he's got the helmet on top, and he's got the. I was just, I was like, what, how did they get a picture of Russell on his thing? Like it freaked well, me out for a second. If he plays like Russell, then I think <laughs> WSU might be in, uh, in for a year where they surprise some folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, it should be, it should be interesting because yeah, I'm sure you've seen video dude can play. I mean, yeah, he, he won what two state titles at St. Louis high school. Yeah. I that's the a... same place. Gave us Mariota, right? Yep. Pretty, pretty prestigious high school. I mean, two, uh, two at Tonga by Loa also. Right, right. High school as well. Jason Gesser came out of there. So, former Cougar quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you know, the kid can sling it. So, in that offense, you have to. It's going to be fun. I think Max Borgie, Max Borgie rushes for 93 yards, and Jaden Delora will throw for over 300. 
I mean, that would be quite a debut. <laughs> that would be quite a debut. For 300 yards. I've been telling Eric Johnson that all week. He's going to throw for over 300. Yeah, they're they're over in Corvallis taking it's, on the Beavers. Yeah, it's Oregon State. It's Oregon it's State. Yeah, uh, you know, it's they're they're not a <laughs> they're not a powerhouse to say the least. Right. Our, our good buddy Jonathan Smith over there running things, the former UW yep. offensive coordinator. But they, they they've been kind of getting better. They gave the Cougs a really good game last year at Martin Stadium uh, with Jake Luton, right. who is now going to be the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Marysville. Pilchuck grad. Mm, interesting. Uh, but they, they, they gave the Cougs a bit of a game last year. I want to say it came down to the wire. I, I believe it was Borgie who scored a touchdown with about like four seconds or three seconds left in the game to win the game for WSU. And that's what got them bowl eligible because it was the week before the Apple Cup right. last season. So uh, I'm sure Oregon State will be looking for some revenge up there at Corvallis. But I mean, it's these situations are so weird because you don't get the normal like oh wow they're going to Corvallis so like the crowd's going to be fired up because there's no fans right and I don't know how much of the game you watched this past Saturday of Ohio State and Penn State and that's like the usual whiteout game for Penn State yeah, up there that was Valley, bizarre 100 yep. plus thousand people and like you just like they get like six or seven points of home field advantage just from like the whiteout crowd it's like it's yeah that it's that big for them especially in that game against Ohio State, and it just wasn't there. They weren't able to get that energy, and they and they, they didn't get blown out, but the game was never in doubt that like, Ohio State was the better team, and they went in there and just kind of marched up and down the field and did what they wanted, and it never felt like Penn State ever had a chance to win. And that's never the case when those two teams play in Happy Valley. It's always kind of down to the wire, played within a touchdown, and we just didn't see that because there was no none of that energy that you get from a typical, you know, state college crowd up there at Penn State. And it, it might be kind of similar um, for a lot of teams here in the Pac-12. Like, you know, Oregon, always a traditionally tough place. Oh, Austin brutal. Stadium. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure you've been on the field down there. I mean, I've, I've been to a couple games from my time when I was in Bend, Oregon. We covered the Ducks uh, here and there when we had the chance. And that stadium – is as loud a place as you can like. I, I know CenturyLink is really loud, but man, like Austin Stadium, it's it's a different kind of loud, and because yeah. of how intimate the field is, and the, the, it just feels like that noise just stays on top of you. Yeah, and it, it can get pretty rowdy, and they're they're not going to have that this year. I mean, Husky nope. Stadium is another place where it gets really loud, and it's a big bolt, a uh, big jolt for the Husky. I mean, it wasn't last year. I mean, I feel like they lost really like three or four games at Husky Stadium, which was really rare. Yeah. But it, it's a place that's a big home field advantage for UW, and they're not going to have it. Yeah. So it, it's it's interesting to see how that's going to play out. I'm sure road teams, like those good road teams, are going to be happy about that, not having to deal with those crowds and stuff. But uh, It's just an uh, environment like, thing, though. Some some teams it, get fired up with it, you know? It is. It's because that home team – when things are going bad, all it takes is one play. The crowd gets back into it. And yep. then you're just like, okay, we can do this. And without the crowd, you don't really get that jolt. So I think in a roundabout way, the point is that it's a nice landing spot for a true freshman quarterback, especially to be making their first start. Exactly. Uh, it is in a stadium with no fans in it on the road. Yeah. And against a team that, you know, they don't have a whole lot on other than what he did in high school. Yeah. So that, that's why I think he'll pass for a bunch. Tell you the truth, just because because everything that comes with it, and 
it's it's a nice place to be. Now, if that was a full stadium, was it later in the year? I don't think I'd say he's going to throw for 300, but that's just uh, my opinion. You got to put yeah, those things out there once in a while, especially too with the especially with the weather that you get down there in Corvallis. I mean, it feels I think it rains there more than it does in Seattle. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> a nice little Dutch Brothers on the corner across from the stadium, across from there, Goss there Stadium go. there, and yeah, you just go uh, go right there. It's attached to the bookstore. Get yourself coffee, warm up. You know, <laughs> that, that's one way to do it. <laughs> I mean, if you want to hang out in Corvallis and sit outside the stadium, there are some spots actually. At that stadium, I don't know how close there. There's there's two uh, angles on what is essentially the the ends of the stadium on the south side. That if you were walking along, you could stand there at the fence and see the game. Wow! To tell you the truth, I've gone down there for uh, my son has played baseball down there several times. Yeah, and so you know, just when in between games, you got a lot of time to poke around, and we took a, yeah. a long walk around, and it was in the summer. And we wanted to, you know, see the stadium and all that. And yeah, I mean, you could see everything from from that spot. Um, so I'm curious if, if if they'll have people hanging on the gates. At I'm all. sure. I'm sure there'll be someone that <laughs> you know, just, you know, saying "Go Beavs." Right. You know, there'll be someone hanging out. And I mean, you got to try. That. You got to try. They'll definitely try, indeed. Yeah. But that that'll be a fun game. It'll be a 7:30 kickoff. Yeah, we were gonna have to go dual screens until the Husky game, unfortunately, got canceled. I know. And stuff. So, so now it's a, now it'll be single screen. Uh, everybody focus on the Cougs as they take on Oregon State. Uh, we'll see how that p- pans out for them. I, 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 you never know what to expect with a new head coach. Rolovich didn't have much of an off season, really. You know, he got to WSU, right. and then a month later, like the pandemic hit. Like it felt like that's kind of how things unfolded. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really get a chance to really get to know the guys in person. A lot of Zoom chats, a lot of that stuff. But, I mean, I'm sure they've made up a lot of time um, during this truncated fall camp that they've been doing. But, uh, yeah, no, I think it's uh, – I, I guess I'm saying I don't know what to expect. Yeah. yeah. I well, do not – I couldn't give a prediction. I just – there's a new quarterback, new coach. It's it's hard to really give a prediction on what will happen yeah. on Saturday. It'll be nice to see Pac-12 football. Before we jump over to Seahawks, I, I do want um, to touch on the – broadcasting of election results and oh man and you know it's like you say it can make your head spin but this this is actually kind of funny now have you seen steve kornacki of msnbc i have not oh gosh do yourself a favor and watch him he is he is the big board guy he is msnbc's john king I've been watching a lot of John King. John King has put on a really good performance. Yeah. So Kornacki uh, is. I've, I'm looking at a still photo of Kornacki yeah. on Twitter. He's a BU and I feel terrier. like I'm catching. I feel like yeah. I'm catching what you're putting down. Here. Right. Right. So the thing is, he he's actually brilliant. And you know, when people don't realize, but when you work in TV and you're ad libbing, right, your mind and your mouth are going a mile a minute, and you got information you want to get out. Sometimes, sometimes you slip up. Maybe you yeah. can't get out as coherently. We've done those. Like last year at the Las Vegas Bowl, right? It just it just comes out. You just you say what you know. You have conversations. You talk. This guy is so good, and but you watch him and you're like, what? Like where does he get his energy? So he's on on election day. He started on the morning on Morning Joe that MSNBC show. I read an article. I don't watch that show. They came mm-hmm. all the way around, and then he worked until like three or four more in the morning the next day. And they they had to tell him, you you need to go rest because we need you to come back for all day Wednesday. <laughs> And oh, wow. so, so the reason I'm sharing this is funny because, you know, we get random stuff in our emails at work 
a, a CBD company called Columbia Care has offered Steve Karnacki a year's worth of supply of CBD. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he can relax. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I guess he drinks a lot of Diet Coke, he said. But which I, is terrible I for can you. see that. I can see that. Yeah. But if, if, if you have time, I, I, let me even see. I don't even know if he's on right now. But if you have time, he, yeah, he I, actually. I might need to dabble over there and see what's going on with uh, Yeah, Karnacki. Yeah, I'm going to keep on. I'm going to let you know if he pops up here. The, that is, that's amazing. And we used to have a, a news anchor here, still a good friend of mine, uh, Morgan Chesky, and he works at uh, NBC Network now. Yep. Uh, just a good dude. And he said he saw Kornacki a couple of times on his way to 30 Rock and the guy was just buried in information and, 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 and researching. And, you know, it wasn't around election time, whatever it was, but Morgan said, as he watches him, he realizes what that guy's doing. Like he knows cities and, you know, all sorts. It's it's just crazy. That really has been the impressive thing. Like, cause I've watched a lot of the CNN coverage. And just watching John King break down county county history. Are you on CNBC right now? About. Are you on MSNBC right now? I am not. They got the Kornacki right cam. Now. Oh yeah, boy! Yeah, he's he's a celebrity, man. He's, he's sorry. So you were saying about John King? I interrupted you. But but I think it's just how impressive these guys, like the preparation that they do. He's drinking his it's, diet it's, coke. It's, <laughs> it's very similar. Jesus, I just turned this on. Yeah, yeah he's. My gosh, be, he is he is something, man. He is fun to watch. But, but just like from a from a craft standpoint, yeah, it's very it's very similar to like the NFL draft and like how like the sixth round yep. or the seventh round will come and some kid will get picked and you have no idea. At a never Tennessee heard of this Valley, person. right? Yeah, you never heard of this person, and then there will be you know Daniel Jeremiah or Mel Kiper or one of these guys will be like. Oh yeah, this kid, you know, he was a two-year starter from blah blah blah. He did this X, Y, and Z, and all that. I'm like, how in the world do you know this much information about some kid who was a backup on his college team and just had some really good athletic traits, like a Stephon Sullivan, right? Like it was the Seahawks drafted in the seventh round, and like, oh yeah, at LSU, he was playing wide receiver, but he didn't really want to play tight end and this and that, or play in this position and and all this. And I, I'm like, why would you like this guy was a not even a footnote on that LSU team last year because there were so many stars with Burrow and Edwards Alaire and right. all these like, Chase and Jefferson, all these guys. And it's just like, how do these guys know so much about this? And it's similar to these counties with election coverage, whether it be Kornacki or King or any of these guys. And it's like, oh, yeah, like this county does this. They tend to go here or over here. This county. And Grant, I'm sure they really break it down into like, all right, really bone up on the key states and really understand and lock in on those counties. I mean, cause like there's no way that John King is going to start rattling off like Skagit County uh, right. voting history because he doesn't need to know that. Right. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a battleground state. We're not going to ever focus on it. True, Don't need to know. True. It. But these states that are the battleground kind of swing states, they really dive deep yep. into what the counties are going to be doing, what they've done in the past and what we should be looking for over the next day or so. And it's, it's really impressive. Like the preparation that it takes, I, I can only imagine what that, like I, I've, I've done preparation for just for, for calling uh, basketball or football games yep. or volleyball game matches and stuff. And like, yeah, that's quite a bit, but it's nothing and absolutely nothing uh, compared to what these guys have been doing. And just to be talking on TV for that long, yeah. I mean, John King, like he gets going like at 
nine in the morning and goes all the way until nine p.m. It's <laughs> it's just it's insane. Yeah. I saw and just a, someone asked, "Hey, John King's going to bed. Should I go to bed now?" <laughs> I mean, that's essentially the that, that, that's the flag right there. Right. Is that, hey, when should I go to bed? When they take John King off the <laughs> air, because that's when you know nothing else will happen. <laughs> right. But it it really is impressive to see these guys work, and I mean, it's it's across the board. You know, a lot of news organizations, whether it be local or or national, with the cable networks, they've been they've been putting in a lot of time, and especially with an unprecedented election covering it during a pandemic where the results aren't coming in as fast because a lot of them are coming in by mail. Uh, it's You, you got to tip the cap for what these guys have been doing. Yep, and a tip of the cap to all those people who count votes, but also oh my like the people who are getting hassled at the voting center, say in Maricopa County, things like that, which are oh which have word. Democrat and Republican volunteers doing due diligence and counting votes to make yeah. sure everyone's counted. But one thing I thought this morning, I'm like, if someone, if I said, hey, Femi, Let's go protest outside and get mad at the election counting ballot office. Like, where are we going? Like, how do you know where those places are? First, one, (laughs) I have no idea. I have no idea how these people find these places. And two, my big question is, what is the end game? Yeah. Like, what do we like? Like, what are you hoping comes of whatever you're trying to accomplish here? Like what's what is the end? Like what do you think is going to happen right. here? And 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 to stay nonpartisan, the one thing I the most confusing tweet I've seen in a year, and it, it, it might bother me for a lifetime, were Trump voters and uh, supporters in Detroit saying <laughs> stop, stop the count, and then yes. it, it was a split screen with the Trump vote, Trump voters in Maricopa County saying. Count the votes. Count the vote. So, what do you want to do? I, 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 that about sums up the last four years, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. think that about sums up the last four years. And yeah, yep. that's, we'll leave it at that and, before I get myself. Well, let's move on to the Seahawks. That's a good jumping <laughs> off spot. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to something that makes sense. Could, could, could Dontre Moore have picked a better week to get suspended? You got oh, my snacks God. ready to go and Carlos Dunlap ready to play. I mean, there it is. I mean, that's the way to find a roster spot, is it not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, who are we going to cut? Oh, never mind. That player got themselves taken off of the active roster because they're now suspended. Right. Uh, you know, the Calvary is coming. Yeah. You know, this is the, the Seahawks fans wanted to see some moves on the defensive line. They brought in snacks to help in the run defense. And, and, and the run defense has been awesome all year. It really hasn't been a glaring hole. Or anything like that. I don't know if it's because they're really good, or teams just decided, "Hey, we can pass, so why run?" Right. Um, but it's they felt that they needed to bolster it, and you know, Snacks Harrison has been one of the best run defensive linemen in the last like five, six years, from what I can remember. Um, so that's now you have him in the fold to help in a, in a rotation because we know they like to rotate those guys up front. And then you get the trade for Carlos Dunlap last week. He misses this past game because had to go through the protocol and all that stuff. But now that he's all through it, he's ready to go uh, this Sunday against Buffalo. And what should be a really, really interesting and fun back and forth game. The Bills are a six mm-hmm. and two team. Uh, they've had some success, especially offensively. Um, you know, they made the trade for Stefan Diggs in the offseason. And that's really unlocked Josh Allen and this offense. And I know Allen's had his struggles over the past month. He started out really hot and has cooled off quite a yeah. bit here. 
more recently, but you know, they're still capable. He's really talented, big, strong, fast kind of a quarterback there, a cannon of an arm, a little in- inconsistent with the accuracy stuff. But if he's, if you catch him on a day where he's on fire, he, he can look as good as anybody in the league. So you hope that's not the case for the Seahawks on Sunday, but uh, a really fun kind of cross conference matchup here that we don't typically get to see. And it's a place in Buffalo where the Seahawks haven't been in quite some time. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, I'm looking forward to Sunday. I think we'll see a lot of points. Both offenses are really good. And I mean, like any Seahawks game, it's likely to come down to the fourth quarter and a handful of possessions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, we, we've we've spoken before about um, Jamal Adams, what a great player he is and missed four games and he's a full goal in practice now. Um, but I think it's going to be fun to see what he brings to the table when he's playing a, a, a team in the East that, and the conference and division that he, he was familiar with, you know what I mean? What, what could they um, learn from Jamal going into granted personnel changes every week, oh, but, that, but that I lose your mic. I'm, I'm still here. Yeah. Hello. I think we might've. Oh, all right. I think you're back I'm, now. I'm here. I'm here. You know, there you go. That, you might've, you might, might've muted yourself. It's, no, it's that satellite above the station that's floating by. It just went, and that's on its way to India right now. It's all good. So. There, there we go. <laughs> it's weird because you know we have a our sports office does not have a repeater, so as you know, it sometimes calls drop out. And my I actually didn't even touch my phone; it was just sitting right there. <laughs> kind of weird. It, it kind of scared me. So, anyways, I just want to see what Jam- <laughs> Jamal Adams can bring to the table, and can think of a better game for him to come back. As far as yeah. you know, where it can really be be impactful. Yeah, and Jamal Adams. He I mean he knows the Bills. Yeah, you know? he, he was came from the. AFC East with the Jets there, so he's played against them quite a bit. Uh, he's played against Josh Allen. Josh Allen's one of those quarterbacks mm-hmm. where you, 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 when you when you rush him, you got to rush with contain because if, if he finds those rushing lanes, he can easily step up and rip off 10, 15, 20 yards. So you got to make sure that you're kind of rushing him with some in, some some gap integrity. Gap as integrity, the coaches, right. As the coaches like to call it, you know, go back to the defensive football days. But uh, you want to rush with some gap integrity and Make sure that uh, you're not getting too out of your lane because then that creates a rush lane for him to kind of get those back breaking, especially on third down. There's nothing worse than third and eight playing perfect coverage and the quarterback runs for the first down. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I think the Seahawks, uh, they'll, they'll have a good grasp on it. You know, Ken Norton did a heck of a job this past Sunday against the 49ers. That was a, a really good game plan, really brought the blitz. I know a lot was made about Bobby Wagner being able to apply that pressure and, and, and blitz and get home for a couple sacks there on Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, I, I think, I don't know if we'll see a similar game plan. I don't know if Josh Allen's the guy you want to blitz per se, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think they'll have something cooked up and should be, a, there's some fun matchups across the board, you know, Stefan Diggs against uh, Shaq Griffin. If he's, has Shaq been able to play? I haven't gotten a chance well, to see it, it, the injury report. I don't know if he's practiced. Yeah. The, the thing with him was, the concussion, you know, cleared up and it was a yeah, hamstring. Then a hamstring. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of just a matter of whether, and I haven't seen a practice report from today. I've not seen it. Yeah. Um, but if, if he's healthy, but even Stefan Diggs versus Quentin Dunbar, I mean, that's a good, really ma- a good matchup. You know, Diggs is one of the elite receivers right. in, in the NFL. And then, you know, it's like the, the Buffalo offensive line has been really good this season. Uh, the, I'm sure they'll probably open up some holes for the running game mm-hmm. and, on the other side, you got Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf against a, a Tredavious White, who's come one of the up and coming, really good cornerbacks in the league. Uh, 
played a really high level. I hate that phrase, but I use it anyway. I got you. Played, 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 at, played at a high level uh, last year, and as a you know, it's it, he's a good player. So I think there's fun matchups across the board, um, and I think it'll make for a good game. And I mean, you mentioned it, Jamal Adams. Just seeing him back on the field, I think will be just a lot of fun. He's a fun player, and he brings a, a he brings a juice that it, it's hard to really kind of just to articulate it but it's it's there and you see it the minute you see him on the field there's just a different kind of energy to that guy mm-hmm. and uh i'm sure the hawks defense is happy to have him back are you surprised that bobby wagner only won defensive player of the week for the second time yesterday in his career yeah wow isn't that bizarre that yeah that is really bizarre. unless i read it wrong i'm pretty sure maybe i read it wrong but i mean it's it's almost Maybe I've been I, asking I, myself a question over something I read wrong for the past 24 hours. Well, also, did you know that Russell Wilson's never received an MVP vote? <laughs> I, I did know that. Thank you, Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> Gosh, I, I, I love Russ. He's the prohibitive favorite yeah. to win the MVP. But if I have to hear more about that damn MVP voting thing, yeah. I, I honestly might turn the TV off. It's just too much. Yeah. Like, like let, let's. There's half a season left. Let's see how it plays out. Like he's having a heck of a season, but th- there's still another half left, and things can change. Yep. So let's just let's just see. Yeah, and not just rag on that forever. But anywho, sorry. No, just, no, no. You're 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 right. Um, but 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 for Bobby though, it might be one of those things that where he's so consistently great. Yeah. That it gets taken it gets taken for granted. Does his job? Yeah. yeah. The only other time was was 2018. When, wow. Yeah, 2018 game. It was also against the 49ers where he had 12 tackles, two for a lo- 12 tackles, two for a loss, sack, force fumble, fumble recover, and a 98 yard interception return for a TD. That was actually kind of fun. Um, that was on a century link. But uh, yeah, I was just surprised by that. But you're, he's just consistently good. You know, he doesn't, he's not this guy that is extraordinary week after week because he's just doing his job, you know? And that's, that's why, and, and and I don't know if there's been a more um, humble, soft-spoken linebacker in the history of the NFL. Oh my gosh. Very (laughs) soft-spoken. Yeah. That it would not, let's just say if I had to pick teams first, I mean, as far as like being tough, I think Bobby Wagner be first pick, you know, very, and what's, what's incredible to me, uh, about Bobby Wagner is that very durable. Yeah. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like that position is, it takes a toll on guys. Yeah. And you, it's like, it's running back of the defense, you know, right. you're colliding with someone virtually every single play. And for him to be in year, God, what is it? Year nine, I believe it mm-hmm. is. And to continue to be durable, continue to just be a, a stable force for that Seahawks defense back there. It's it's truly impressive, and it, you know it's you just it, Canton, Ohio is going to be in his in his future. Oh yeah, Get him. you know pe- pe- people ask about that stuff. It's like, oh, is Bobby Wagner a Hall of Famer? I'm like, without a doubt, yeah. like he is, like he is a Hall of Famer in every sense of it, on the field and off yeah. the field. Uh, just perfect kind of guy that you want to be like the face of your defense. And I mean, I don't want to make it seem like he's being the old guy and like trying to. No, age him out yeah. here, but it's like you, you, you see the mentality with what the Seahawks did with trading for Jamal Adams is that like when Bobby eventually gets to maybe the, the KJ Wright stage of his career, right. <laughs> you know, when he gets to that stage, there's the perfect person to hand it off to. Yeah. 
and really be the leader of the defense. So it's kind of it's interesting to see how I wonder how much of that went into their thought process of like, hey, our leaders on defense are getting up there in age. We need another guy to come in and kind of bring that attitude, bring that juice so we don't lose that edge. And it's like it's 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 something I, I, I would I would bet that they had that conversation. It's not why they made the trade, but I think they yeah. had that conversation when when they were in the midst of acquiring Jamal Adams. Well, it's it's a conversation you need to have. It's the same conversation that Obama had with RBG, but they didn't have the replacement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so when you yeah. – we could just go down a whole other road. But I know what you mean. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just, Speaking of which – I just did that uh, to uh, mess with you, I, by the way. <laughs> no, I, I, actually, I, w- I want to do predictions for, for Seahawks, Bills, and I want to bring something else up with okay. you. But uh, so I don't know if you have anything else to add on the nope, game. No, nope. um, feel free to add on it. But prediction time. I mean, okay, w- w- let's say we both predict the Seahawks to win last week. Right. I I don't, I don't know what the tally is at. I think. Do you have the paper with you? Of I, uh, of what I do. I'm, I'm sure. So we both. I know I took a loss in the in the Cardinal game. That was the only loss. That was your first loss, I think. No, I think. Well, no, I we took both a took a loss in the Cow- We both took a loss. In I took Cardinals a loss game. in the Cow. I think I've taken two, what two losses? I think. Yeah, Cowboys. You had thirty-seven, thirty-four. I had forty-one, thirty. And then Cardinals. I had Seahawks thirty-one, twenty. Right, believe. and I think we both take wins last week. That's yeah, we, we both take wins on on Miami, of course, and we both take wins right. last week uh, on San Francisco. But this week, um, gosh, you know, I I think they win it. I do too. You want you my know, score? I, I think it's it's going to be close. Oh, I don't think so. Uh oh wow okay thirty four twenty thirty four twenty thirty four twenty you're going Seahawks yeah. yep I mean that's I I I definitely see the thirty four another non cardiac uh, Sunday wow yeah. I, see I know this team too well I can't predict two in a row right <laughs> there you go I can't pick two, I I don't believe that they can play two non cardiac Sundays <laughs> in a row I have not seen it since I've moved back to Seattle. So I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> but I, I, I have uh, similar to my to my Cowboys prediction for them. But I have the Seahawks winning. Give me Seahawks thirty-seven, Bills thirty-four. Oh, wow, uh, that's really close. I I, 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 I don't think either defense can stop the other offense, and and, and it might and it might be to where the Seahawks look like they're gonna win in the fourth quarter. I can see it being thirty-seven twenty-seven. But then the Bills getting that touchdown and needing like an onside kick, but the Seahawks recover it and then kneel down and end the mm. game. So, it, so it might not be the typical nail biter of like, oh my god, we got to get a stop to win. But I, I think there'll be some uncomfortable moments. Um, there'll be some uncomfortable moments, and I think the the temperature, the weather is supposed to be great. Like I think it's a sixty yeah. degree clear. Day, I saw one report said sixty-seven degrees not, in Buffalo. Yeah, in not November. the Buffalo, not the Buffalo that they portray it out. Well, last be. week was miserable there. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think we're gonna see we perfect conditions, really nice 65 weather. Sixty-five full sun. That's amazing. Yeah. In in November in, in Buffalo. That's that's true. And then the following week, it'll be five feet of snow. Yep. So so l- l- good luck to those folks. But <laughs> but uh, I, I think we'll see a really high scoring game. I just I really like the Bills' offensive coordinator Brian Dayball. Really smart guy, play action type of offense. Uses a lot of the jet motions. It's almost kind of similar to 
what like Shanahan and McVeigh, what those guys kind of do. It's not exactly the same, but it's kind of similar in terms of how much they use play action. And we've seen the Seahawks struggle with those types of offenses in the past. And so I think I think the the defense is going to struggle just a little bit, especially if Shaq Griffin, if if he's still hampered by that hamstring mm-hmm. a little, uh, and, and they don't want to get make him push it. Um, I, I I can see some some points. I don't see how the Seahawks have anyone that covers Stephon Diggs. They're getting Dawson Knox back, their tight end, off of the COVID nineteen list. He's missed the last couple games due to that. Uh, so I, I I think it's I think it's close, but I think the Seahawks they have the better quarterback, and Josh Allen he's a risk taker. Russell Wilson is uh, the opposite in terms of turning the ball over. And I think that's what it comes down to. I think the Seahawks defense makes the key turnover to get that key turnover to go up by 10 in the fourth quarter to kind of get the enough cushion to, to bring home a win and improve to seven and one. I like it. Seven and one. Now what else you got? So I, it's something that's been, it's, it's tied to the election okay. and it's not legal in our, in the country, but, would you ever bet on the presidential election? Because there are a lot of people who would answer yes. Like, like and how much money? Like, like, like a hundred bucks it, or something? It doesn't, if I had anywhere from, from five bucks, a hundred bucks, a thousand dollars. I mean, I'm sure the bets are coming in at any number of price. Right. Uh, and it's, it doesn't boggle my mind because I know there's a lot of people who are really interested and just betting on sports one and just betting on competitions. Yeah. It's a big thing in our country. Uh, not legal to bet on elections, but other things in other states, yes, it is legal But for sports. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's being reported for offshore betting on the U.S. presidential election is truly unprecedented. And it's crazy to me because when I read it, it's not legal to do it, like I've said. Vegas doesn't have it or anybody in our country. But offshore, these offshore books are saying in the United States that the presidential election that we are still in the midst of is the single biggest global betting event in the history of the world. Really? Like, like what's, what's like, the, what, are the, what do they call it? The, the total money. What, what, what's that word? The, 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 hand, the handle. The handle yeah. The handle is through the roof, and it is breaking records, and not only breaking it, shattering records. Wow. So the biggest, the biggest event that always gets bet every single year, of course, is the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is the biggest singular day event. March Madness has the biggest handle for the month of March just because there's yeah. games every weekend and games coming in all day long. So March Madness is the biggest, I guess, total event, but that spans over more than one day. The Super Bowl is the biggest like singular day event that, gets bet on because there's prop bets. Yeah, yeah. Obviously people bet on the game, totals. I mean people are betting on the color Gatorade, how <laughs> national anthem, yeah. all that stuff, coin toss, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But according to this report, it is the handle has been bigger than two Super Bowls combined. That's crazy. It it is absolutely through the roof. I, I mean I don't know what it is. I'm not sure what the projections are, if we'll ever see them because they're coming from offshore uh, betting places. And, you know, those are not typically right. legal, but it's it, it, one boggles my mind how many people will bet on it or are that confident on it. But also I saw people tweeting it <laughs> out during the election on Tuesday talking about the odds and the odds were swinging left to right. Biden entered the day 
as the favorite. Then it became sure. to pick yeah. him, and then Trump became an overwhelming favorite. But then by the time he went to bed uh, late Tuesday night, it was almost darn near a pick him again. When we wake, we wake up Wednesday morning. Now Biden is the prohibitive favorite. Like the swing in the odds has been all over the place. And it's, it's, it's really been kind of interesting to just attract on Twitter, seeing people talk about it. But betting on the election, that's uh, we might have to start covering that 2024. That's nuts. I, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see what happens. To answer your, your question, if I had 100 bucks to blow. Oh, I think you might have cut out uh, again, Mike. Are you there? The, oh, yeah. Now, now you're there. The force is that What's going on here? Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've, we've never had this. What's I, going I don't on? know. It's, it's, it's 2020 <laughs> after all. K- Kanye, by the way, conceded his presidential run is going to look to 2024. Uh, I, I did, I did yeah. see that. I, I know we're all sad waiting day. on pins and for that info. Uh, on that, however, <laughs> I would, I would bet if I had some money to play with, but I would only bet on the guy I voted for. I mean, and, and that's typically what you'd see. You would, you would think so. But to, to go back on the argument re- real briefly, People also play fantasy football, and then they will often go against teams they like just based on the payout or on the win. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. why like, I don't play fantasy football anymore, and I've never enjoyed football more. I think I've told you that. But I did it for a lot of years, and then when I stopped, I'm like, I don't have this inter- inner conflict based on whether, you know, the, the – uh, the the Bengals are going to come to town and the receivers are going to score two touchdowns against the Seahawks. So I just want to win because they're easier to cover when they win <laughs> and they're funner <laughs> and it's more fun to cover. You know what I mean? And I'll have these conflicts like, Oh, if he just gets two touchdowns, but they still lose You're playing these things out of your mind. So that's why it would just have to and be the, clean for me. It just had to be clean. Well, one of the fun things and it's a, it's a, a, a guy that I know uh, who I, Works at the same company. He works out in Montana, and Montana has live right. betting and all that stuff. And it, it, he calls it hedge your happiness. Huh. And, and it's something that, he, like, so, so for instance, let's say a Seahawks fan is looking at the line, wants to bet on the game this Sunday. It's like, okay, Seahawks are three point favorites against Buffalo. All right, I'm going to take Buffalo plus three because it's either my team is going to win and I'll be happy, or they lose and I get paid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, or if it's the the if you somehow are, are able to middle it to where the Seahawks win by one, you win your bet and the Seahawks win and you're happy both ways. Win win. So it's it's almost like like you see kind of that hedge your happiness kind of style. So I don't know how much of that plays into the election. I'm sure there was a little bit of that, but I'm sure a lot of people voted on who they voted for because it's the one thing that you can bet on to where that you actually have somewhat of an influence. Right. Like you can bet on the Seahawks to win on Sunday, but you can't get out on the field and start trying to tackle Josh Allen, yeah, yeah. or at least not legally. <laughs> but but it's like it's the one thing that you actually do have some influence on, and that you can bet on. It's like all right, well, I'm gonna vote one way, and I'm also gonna bet that way as well because I voted for it. Hopefully, increasing my chances of winning yeah. my bet. It also just depends on also where you live. This well. is true. <laughs> <laughs> Some states, it doesn't matter who you vote for. Uh, the vote is coming in one way, and that's yes. that. <laughs> Man, crazy world, bud. But, hey, th- uh, that was fun. Appreciate your time. It was. Yeah. We, we, we went across the uh, the spectrum. Um, hopefully, we uh, we both have jobs after this. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I think we're okay. So yeah. we, 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 we did a good job navigating the right. waters. Uh, without getting in into the deep end too much, yep. so uh, 
yeah, as always, subscribe, rate, and review uh, Femi and Ferrari. You know where to find it. Apple, Spotify, Google Cast. And uh, well, that'll be that. You heard it here. Mike says 34-20 Seahawks. I'm saying 37-34. Hard and uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens Sunday, another 10 a.m. kickoff. And uh, around 1 p.m. Sunday afternoon, we'll, uh, we'll see if the Seahawks are 7-1 and one or 6-2 uh, and two, uh, going forward here. So uh, with that said, Mike, right on, have buddy, a good too. one.